Hello and welcome to episode 265 of the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast. It's me, Stuart Sullivan, and joining me tonight in the room, the Magic Mike himself, Mike Christie. Alright. So, Christ, it's October. This looks like it might become like a wee monthly deal of a podcast. Yeah. Which is manageable. Aye, yeah, yeah. We're we're making it up as we go along with our subject matters. It's October, Halloween, all that nonsense. So why not spend some more time with John Carpenter? So you've watched two films, I've watched two films. Um, We can gloss over like the whole filmography and get in depth with what we've seen lately or we could just stick to the four we've seen. What do you want to do? Eh... I mean, we could do it whatever way you want. I mean, obviously, I've got notes for the four films that we were going to be covering as well. Uh, I think I've watched a couple like the last wee while and all that. Also, there is ones that we've never covered on the yes on the podcast. And that's I think the four where we've watched haven't been touched. Yeah, so I'm this, sure it definitely has. This could be like right. This is us giving lip service to those four. Yeah. Because that, that leaves still a good chunk of films left if we do it again next year. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. The Old Dark Star, 1974. Have you had a chance to watch that one yet? I have not. I think it was maybe four or five years ago when I first watched it. Sort of like leading up to our concert. I think me and Margaret uh, powered through a chunk of the movies. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that is a... It's, a strange one it is. It's like low budget science fiction. Um, it's almost like you're watching Alien, but instead of xenomorphs, it's kind of like a partially deflated um, bounty ball. All right. Yes. Right. Like, kind of like one of those big yoga balls, but it's been punctured. Just the aliens, just somebody in like a big space hopper, menacingly <laughs> hopping about. So. <laughs> And that's all I could remember from it. I remember it. I, we, we got into it. It was like the first 10, 15 minutes is a bit jarring when you see like the quality. And but it, was his, it was his first like directorial film, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I felt like it was almost like a student film as well that mm. they just really put a lot of time and effort into. I can never remember. I keep thinking, is Nick Castle not got something to do with this one? Yeah. Is he not in it? Yes, him and... God, it. It's the guy that's also quite involved that went in to do Aliens. Um, I, I'm not I'm not quite holding the rabbit hole, but um, I've, I've clicked it. I'm sorry. Um, Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. I yeah. Yeah, he had a big part to play in it too. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure Nick Castle. Uh, it's just sort of like the the before they were famous almost. With guys, all right. Yeah, Nick Castle was the alien. Oh, was he? <laughs> that was just his credits. So, what? So it's not like space hopper, like menacing space hopper, not yes, partially deflated ball uh, monster, and like following it because let's see, that was seventy four, and two years later, he's given a assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, that was one of the ones I watched last night actually in preparation for this, like the very last minute preparation for this episode I've known it was coming for ages but 
Yeah. I just like you just, just think, wanted to cram in a bit more information. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to kind of still have more of his films kind of current in my head. Like in the last month, we watched things like Big Trouble in Little China. Um, oh, there's one before it that I've already forgotten. And then obviously Prince of Darkness this week. And then Assault on Precinct 13. I was really just trying to lean on the ones I haven't seen. Yeah. Like, in a good year or two so and it's just even just the opening that's our soundtrack to that one yeah. it just makes me think just like oh this fucking film there's just so much things i like about this film like, yeah even just like the soundtracks sounding like something i've probably played on a commodore 64 <laughs> but it's just dun, 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 dun. and it's just so simple but it's effective it's a film of its time early 70s yeah um you had, oh, what was his name? Is it Austin? Not Austin Walker. Austin Stoker. Yes. Uh, who tragically passed away this, yeah, this month. Yeah, I've seen that in the last few days it was. Yeah, I, it was like almost like uh, John sort of announced the news, like he'd heard from the family yeah. from the way I read. Um, but yeah, so Austin Stoker as uh, Bishop, Darwin Johnston as uh, Wilson, who was like like the the main inmate. Uh, ah, yeah, I know who he is. He's the uh, one with like, the short black hair sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, the slick back look. Um, you had uh, Laurie Zimmer as Lee. Uh, I'm trying to look. Uh, Nancy Loomis was in there. Uh, yeah, the front double days. Uh, he was like the leader oh, of the the gang. Yes, going about with this big silence pistol. Yeah. And like that still works. Like the shock factor of that movie with this this gang. At one point, they get referred to as cholos. <laughs> it's like I know I've I've heard of that as a gang term, but I don't know if it's like yeah. a term you could get away with using nowadays. But mm. uh, like as in, are they like Mexican gangbangers or something? But the, the, there was a, it was very mixed race. I think I think it was different groups were aligning for this blood oath. And yeah, they just go around terrorizing people. Like, yeah, because like the camera shots, so, like when the, I mean, like the window was rolled down and they're aiming the gun. The camera was like almost like it was like through the scope. Yeah, aye, and it was like a gun, like an instant granny or like a woman pushing a buggy, and they were just like instant civilians that were threatening to shoot. And then they eventually took it out on like the ice cream van, uh, man. But the the shocking moment that still works because yeah. like my wife's reaction was priceless. Is just when they shoot like this innocent little girl that looked like she just yeah. strolled off of like little house in the prairie, wanting because like, she wanted lemon twist. Yeah, just a wee twist with her uh, vanilla ice cream, and I mean, if she just accepted vanilla, she would still be alive today. But no, she wanted that twist, and she got raspberry sauce all over her. Fucking, <laughs> and that's a great effective shot. It was like, yeah, like oh, and it was just just a splat. And then the, the vacant look as she just drops dead. And yeah, it's just like, fuck, these guys are ruthless. Yeah. And the whole reaction of the dad was was like justified. Like, yeah. Finds he, a gun. he was in the phone booth there when it happened. Yeah, he's like trying to get the... Something like they're coming up with hatching a plan to get the nanny to move in with them. Yeah, just like, I, I've I've not seen it in a couple of years, but I'm just yeah. trying to remember what he was in the phone booth for. 
But like, it was something he was either speaking to the nanny or arguing with like his ex wife. Yeah. And like, gave her money for an ice cream. And they just fucking killed her. And there's just like, just absolute, like, he just lost it, started following him in the car. And yeah, then he gets a bit delirious. Yeah, like, and he gets his justice quick. Like, he gets there. Frank Doubleday comes out with a gun, points at him, and the guy just pulls out his wee, wee hand pistol and just fucking empties the chamber into Frank. Yeah. And that's him. Like, you thought, right, well, this guy's clearly like your main antagonist, but it's not. It's the fact that, right, you've, you've just killed like, the tribal chief, and now the whole tribe is pissed. Yeah. And it's not just like half a dozen guys, it's fucking 60 guys. Yeah. And they're all coming for you. So just run in to take solace into like a police station. But to find out it's fucking a police station that's uh, getting closed getting down. Getting closed down, aye. Yeah. And you had uh, Austin's character, uh, Bishop, being sent there. It's like he'd been off work. This is his first night back on shift. And he's getting sent just to look after this police station whilst they just the office staff are packing it up. And he's kind of like, no, I want, I want to be on the streets. I want to see the action. Mm. He's like, no, no, just, just go there. You'll be fine. And Hank gets a little bit more action than he was expecting. Yeah, I think like because we don't really get like an actual backstory on the gang, do we? Like, yeah, and then that's the fact that that's some sort of deal. And then the fact that that's what makes it so compelling. The fact that like, can they've got no ties with this? Like police station that they're trying to take no, over. No, nah, it's just the fact that it's just a random, a silly, random thing. They're they're wanting to kill the guy that's killed their leader, and he's just happened to run into this building. He says, "Well," and it gets to a point where they literally just shoot at the building for yeah for like two minutes. Just every pane of glass is shot out. All the paperwork on the desks exploding. Yeah. I've never heard like the silencer sound effect used so much in a film with a. <laughs> And it just like blinds getting shot out glass, and these guys are all just like on the deck. It's it's definitely just something like oh, I've never seen this before. One of the other inmates, did you recognise him? Is it Wells? The yes, colour boy. Yeah, um, I he had a known face. Yeah, but I've never looked into where he's. So he was Apollo Crews trainer for Rocky. Ah, oh, yeah. his looks not changed at all. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I can actually just picture him in the corner now. Yeah. Ah. That's what that is. Did, um, did you ever watch the remake that got done in the early 2000s? Yes, I, but I have no memory of it whatsoever. Yeah, like they, f- they, f- they kind of just changed a few things. So so for the remake, obviously, they've got, like, so it's Ethan Hawke's, like, the cop in the PlayStation Aye. Like Lawrence Fishburne's a criminal is being transported in, but the story now revolves around it. So that's like New Year's Eve, I think. Also, the PlayStation shutting down. I think Brian Dennehy's in it as well. I could be wrong, but so Lawrence Fishburne's character is like testifying against this like big, like criminal guy who happens to be played by Gabriel Byrne. Oh, okay. And I saw it has guys start going after him in the like PlayStation. Yeah. And it's it's all right. Like it's kind of for a for an action film, it's decent, you know. Yeah. But, aye, like, like and the fact that they tried to make it kind of fact that like the gang had ties with the person in the PlayStation rather than yeah. what they done with Carpenter's one. Mm. 
I mean, that's that's watchable. Aye, you know, yeah. that's not awful, but you know, yeah, you don't see it like around. Like I've well, say I've never looked for it on streaming, but I feel like you would scroll past it on something. But I feel like yeah. I've never seen it. Really I think it. I think it was on Netflix last year, the year before. I think yeah. when I rewatched it, because I, I remember, I, I'm sure I did hit it on DVD, but I didn't think it got like a blurry like release of that at all. All oh, right. Hmm. But it's, you know, it's, well, it's well worth the watch, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll i definitely check it out again because I'm not familiar with, like, the original now. I mean, if any, you'll probably find it in CX or a charity shop. Probably, aye. Yeah, aye, that's it. I'll have to have a look at, like, just your DVD aisle in a CX, like the 50p bundles. Yeah. Have a good look in there. Um, But no, I do really enjoy this original one. It's just, it almost feels like, you're watching like a western at times. Yeah. Uh, these guys are all uh, barricaded themselves up in the police station and it's surrounded by bodies and they have to kind of uh, fight or die. Like When they eventually realise that the cops are outnumbered, well, you say cops and it's like one old boy, um, the main guy, Bishop, a couple office staff and then the man who... Uh, shot Frank Doubleday and he comes in and it's, they never really clarify what happens to him. It's, it's like like through the shock of killing and being chased he kind of just collapses and then he's like rendered useless. He just lies there yeah. under a blanket till the end of the movie. Um, so it's where they get to the point where like we're fucked. We need more manpower. Get the inmates and get them through here. And it's just like that moment where it's like, Christ, this is it. They're having to rely like, on these guys. And it's like, are these guys just going to turn around and fucking shoot them and run off? And it's it's your main dude, uh, Wilson, who kind of has to like set Wells up just saying, right, no, we need to like, we need to do this or we're, we're going to die ourselves. Yeah. And it just makes it really compelling to watch. And yeah, you just think every time they've maybe got an out, was oh wait right he snuck through the sewers he's got in a car he's gonna go out and get help yeah. fuck there's a dude in the back seat with a fucking silenced pistol yeah <laughs> uh, or it's just all the tricks like there's like this fucking constant patrol car being sent there saying that there's gunfire and they get there and it's like there's nothing happening and they get in the car and drive away and then their little Motorola radio goes off telling them that nah there's still shooting going on it's like we can't pinpoint it but there's been shooting for ages. <laughs> and they're like what and he goes back and there's just this one cop is losing it and then it's just at the end when they get there and they're just parked and it's like oh man and now it's raining what what more could go wrong and then they realize there's like a guy up at a telephone pole that had been killed early on and he's just bleeding out on top of the police car what if they could hear charlie boy going daft hi <laughs> <laughs> That only get louder as the years go on. Yeah, aye. Should have seen him. He did not like Prince of Darkness. That film freaked him the fuck out. He <laughs> <laughs> was looking at all these cunts spitting into each other's moves. Like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I went out. <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, I've i not really got too much to say about so uh, yeah. it. It's really just, like, for if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, it's really... Like, look out! It's worth time, worth your time. 
if it's like on Amazon Prime to rent, it's definitely worth like three quid. Yeah, and it's all what ninety minutes after that. Bang on, yeah, it's like one hour thirty. Yeah, uh, it's got that great early Carpenter soundtrack where it's not full on sort synth yet, but it's still just him playing the keyboard. Yeah, so it's really cool, and just watching it, it's almost at times it's like he's doing like a wee subtle. Uh, keyboard, but uh, playing the keyboard, but it makes you think of uh, Mash. Like I'm sitting listening to it, and it's like, I can feel like I could hear them playing. Like he's not doing a parody of Mash, but it just feels like his music you would hear for like the TV show Mash, where it's just I've never seen this like any kind of comment on it. Yeah, I, I mean I've not seen it since like fucking childhood summer holidays, and it was on Channel Four. Like every morning or something when you're waiting for Frasier or Cheers to come on and a bit mash on instead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's all I have to say about Assault and Priest in Thirteen, which is a great wee ninety minutes that of they should watch. Uh, let's, uh, of course, Halloween. Yeah. Fucking Halloween! Like this man will be remembered. Yeah, for, definitely. For like. The statement the marquee's left on the world with Halloween, like fucking pop culture, like no matter who you are, everyone's heard of Michael Myers. Yeah, like fucking my children's heard of Michael Myers, whether it's like a fucking skin in Fortnite or something, they know all about Michael Myers, the man in the mask, like John Carpenter. Sure, you might not have heard of him, but everyone's heard of this character. He's created it. Yeah, it changed the world in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, it still is. So that's one of the films that I really would love to have been in, like seen in cinemas like on opening night when it yeah. came out because like that film fucking terrified me for years. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I always always wanted to watch it when it came on telly, even though it scared the fuck out of me. Aye. But it's it's a fucking bona fide classic. Uh I can't even remember when when we reviewed it on the show. Or if it was me and you. It's, I think it was you and Andy. Yes, I think it was like done at a really early stage where, what was it? Ah, fuck it, I can. Yeah. Um, it was definitely being reviewed because it's Halloween. Like, how do you not uh, review Halloween? Uh, I'm not familiar with his TV movie, Someone's Watching Me. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I, I did. I have seen the Elvis movie he did with Kurt Russell, though. Um. Uh, the 1979 TV movie, uh, two and a half hours, yeah. and it was good. It was like that year when I, I challenged myself to watch all of Kurt Russell's movies. That's how that's <laughs> how I picked up Elvis. It was like six quid in CEX. Now it's like a fucking premium Blu-ray. Like it, it's it's a fucking expensive uh, thing to find and buy. So I wish I held on to it. Um, mm. But ah, it was fine. It was interesting. I've I've not touched the new um, Elvis movie yet. Oh yeah, I've still not watched that either. Tom Hanks and Austin, Austin Butler. Butler aye. Ah, yeah. Uh, another effing classic, uh, The Fog, from uh, nineteen eighty. Yeah, we covered that for yes, yeah. the second stint of the eighties. Yeah, I, I would think it was. It was all would have either been. Our 80s runs during the summer or, like, the, the Halloween horror seasons we did. Yeah. Um. So, and that's kind of where we covered a chunk 
that and possibly like our Kurt Russell season uh, five hour podcast. We ticked a couple boxes. Uh, but yeah, I fucking love the fog. That's that was the one I watched earlier this month before Big Trouble in ah, yeah, Little China. Yeah, I'm sure, you actually test me. Yeah, because it has. It's just an easy watch. You've got young Jamie Lee Curtis hitchhiking. Tom Atkins taking advantage of a young Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> hitchhiking. Tom Atkins, the top shagger. Ah, uh, he just picks her up and is like, just at the kind of just lying to each other. Where it's like, yeah, I'm a nice guy. And he's like, yeah, I don't sleep with strangers. And then cuts to the next scene, and they're in bed. And yeah. it was like, yeah, we both, we're hypocrites. <laughs> but it's just one of those ones where it's... And I'm, I'm sure I've sure I seen something on Twitter in the last few weeks. Because obviously by that time of the year, everybody's talking about like, say, like horror films and stuff. And Aye. folk were trying to like match up the times, like how long it took him to like, sleep with Jamie Lee in the fog. And how long it took him to get to cut off in Halloween 3. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's... I think it's only minutes, like minutes difference, I think. Yeah, he's got it in his, in his rider saying, right, I'm not going to be in this movie unless I could sleep with someone half my age and I get to do it in the first act. Yeah. Like, right, fuck's sake. I'll, I'll, I'll rewrite it into the story, Tom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I just keep that moustache. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like the fog. I'm not as high on the fog as obviously you and a few other people, but I still, I still enjoy it. Mm. And I've I've not watched it since we covered it a couple of years back. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I might chuck it on at some point. Aye, and it's always the, the easiest uh, John Carpenter cameo to spot. Because he's, he's like the the help for, is it Hal Holbrook? Yeah. Like, he's the priest, but uh, John Carpenter was like closing up the church for the night, turn off the lights, and said, right, that's me done, sir. And he's like, okay. And he's like, what about my wages? <laughs> And I didn't even notice his. I'm, I yeah. think I think we probably did actually talk about his cameo, but I just kind of picture it. We just picture him as he looks today, just this this old dude with glasses and white hair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's got like thick, long. Like he just looks like a hippie, just because it's it's seventies. It's yeah. long, dark hair and a mustache. Um. But no, fucking love Halloween. Halloween, the fog. Sorry. And it's even like one of those great soundtracks as well, where you listen to it, and if you're not paying attention, you're like, wait, it's almost there's a good sim- similarity between Halloween and the fog. Yeah, I'm not sure if it just it's got like an, a good a good wee like synth beat to it as well. Uh, it's just like a wee like a light one. Yeah, like it's not too heavy. That's quite light and mm-hmm. you know gentle. <laughs> and uh, it's just the story, just the 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 supernatural occurrence that happens and like just these pirates coming in they have to kill x amount of people and uh or is audrey adrian barbeau yes stevie uh, wayne I, character exactly and she's there in a wee lighthouse doing a radio yeah. show she has some run in the 80s because i remember we covered like cannonball run and she was one of the like the ferrari twins yeah. they had the really tight like Ah, like, like leather, cat, like cat suits or jumpsuits. Ah, yeah, it's just, yeah, just the sex appeal. Yeah, of them, and the same with her and um, Kate from New York. Exactly. So, but no, this was another great role for her. Um, and yeah, it was like that occurrence where you had Jamie Lee Curtis and her mum both in the same uh, role. Yeah. Well, not the same role, same film. But no, it is, and again, like 
an hour and 29 minutes. Yeah. Another fucking thing to watch. Um, a few of the guys that I speak with on like, social media and stuff, like what like we group chats and stuff, and we're talking about how the fact that like John Carpenter just doesn't really go out his way to make like really long overbooked films. He just Aye. keeps them trim, you know, like yeah. two hours at max. But just doesn't overload it with like too many complicated stuff. Aye. And I think that's why a lot of his films are so like easily watched. Yeah. Aye, and you remember it and it sticks around just because yeah. they they don't overstay their welcome. Yeah. I mean, it's probably also gone even when you talk about like so Halloween. Or, like, and I mean, the truth say the fact that like 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 less is more. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Escape for New York. Yeah. Another goddamn wonderful movie. I love all the wee details of that film. Yeah. Like everything from just the look of Kurt Russell and like the his his character's attitude, like. Just cool as fuck. He's got his eye patch, like smoking cigarettes. He just hates any sort of like authority that's put upon yeah. him. But he always fucking falls for the trick, getting fucking a uh, little micro explosives injected into his neck. Yeah, and he's having to go save the president's daughter from. No, no, that's that's scary. Ah, scary yeah. in the arts where he's to go in and rescue the president from the duke. Yes, aye, of course, fuck's sake. Um, it is, again, it's it's another fucking classic where, and it's it's not horror, it's, it's more just kind of... Ah, it's, yes, yeah, yeah, sci-fi a wee bit. Yeah, and it's just where he flies in on the plane. Does he not land on the two towers? Yeah, I'm sure he does. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that, like, the you so obviously, like, like they used the set for that for like Blade Runner, like the year after. Right. And I, and I just, there's something about that film that I, like, I really do like appreciate a lot more. Like the music's like, yeah, bang, like the synth and that is just so Aye. good. But I like, I like the, when you look at the like, artwork nowadays for it and stuff, and it's like the, like the glow and like outline of like the New York like island and all that. Like, it yeah. goes on, it Aye. just looks so. Or it's those posters, um, running on the street and it's got the, the destroyed Statue, oh, yeah, Statue of Liberty, Liberty yeah. it's, like, it's just fucking great it's just stuff that makes you think to like Planet of the Apes where they had like the statue falling yeah. and it's just the same where it's like like society has collapsed that like, all these things yeah. have gone and you've got this dude in an eye patch and a vest running about trying to save the president and it's it's, it's kind of like like Mad Max style like civilization, but it's yeah, because it's quite dystopian. It's in like major cities rather than fucking out in the yeah. desert. Like, like you would kind of like almost think that it could be a comic book. Mm. Oh, aye, and because I like, bet like, it's inspired fucking millions of comic books since yeah. then. And I mean, like again, like also like the cast and that's like brown as well. Like, and mm. like, that's the good thing about Carpenter is you go back to using the same people that he works with so I mean he's worked with Kurt Russell countless times yeah Donald Pleasance he's got um, Lee Van Cleef's the yeah uh, the head of the like, security that kind of enlists him you've got mm. um, what's his name's in there as well fucking Tom Atkins aye um, and Frank Double Day's in there as well as, Ernest um, Bognine is the cabbie yeah nice. you've got uh, Isaac Hayes as the Duke uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. Aye. Adrian Barbeau. Yep. 
You've got Jamie Lee as a voiceover. She's doing yeah. the narration at the start of the first one and the second one as well. Is she? She does the narration in the second cool. one as well. It's it's just the look of Frank Doubleday that they've done for that. Yeah, he looks, he looks like... so completely different from when he does in the Assault and Precinct 13. Yeah, I mean, like, since this isn't, is not a visual medium, like, if you don't know Frank Doubleday in that movie, it just looks like... Uh, Sonic Hedgehog when you get the, the, the <laughs> supersonic you go bright gold and spiky yellow hair yeah. <laughs> that's what the boy looks really like really menacing look what was his what was his character called in it again um, Romeo Romeo and I just feel yeah. like he just hisses he's yeah. just this really intimidating uh, creature let's yeah. say but no it is uh, it, it's overdue for a watch I'm going to sit me the, and Charlie um, down and watch it I watched it when I had Covid Mm. And I just because I wanted to, just this is what I think like COVID was the reason why my film watches this year have been fucking yeah sky high. Aye. And I because I think I was watching about five or six films a day. Aye. And I and again that's like ninety five minutes after that. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, an hour thirty nine. And I mean, it's just the way like well, we're reading off his filmography, and it's like great film. Fucking great film. Brilliant film. Great film. And it's like, there's, like, Carpenter, 70s into 80s, yeah, he was like, almost untouchable. Yeah, like, like, he's had just such a, like, continuous, like, great streak. Yeah. You kind of, like, remind, like, obviously, like, you kind of slightly, slightly compare Carpenter to, like, Quentin Tarantino, because, like, he doesn't just do horror. Yeah. He's dipped his feet into, like, different, like, subgenres yeah. and stuff like that. You All know, right. like, Tarantino's done the same. I think there's... I think the only thing that Tarantino's not done is like sci-fi, and maybe a straight-up horror film. Mm, yeah, but he's done everything else pretty much. And he's done murder mysteries, fucking, mm. you know, your crime film and stuff like yeah, that. War, black you know, yeah, exactly. Kung Fu Samurai, yeah, Western, all that. Aye, so the thing for nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, like just one of the greatest films of all time. Ah, definitely. Yeah, you just it's just. That film changes your life once you've seen it. I think that's probably why I hate E.T. the most. Mm. Because that kind of, you know, kind of put off maybe Carpenter a wee bit because obviously... it's the, the, w- w- Yeah, we've just covered that year in our last episode and they both came out in the same summer. Was it the same Friday almost? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I just, but again, how, how could you stand against... Steve uh, yeah, and a family film as uh, well. I know. Like, I feel the thing gets talked about more. Maybe it's just because it's the circles we follow. Like the thing will be spoken about regularly, but yeah. I feel like more people remember the thing than ET. But yeah, fucking ET is also iconic. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't get introduced to the thing till maybe fifteen, maybe sixteen. Nah, I must think I think I was fifteen. And I think my dad got it on DVD, and I, and it fucking blew my mind. Aye, like just how good it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been the last ten years for me. I think I think I think I was at Trevor's house, and he just had like all these films out, and I was like, oh yeah, no, nah, I've never seen that one, and he just pretty much fucking just slung yeah. it at me and said, "Then he come back, and, like, don't talk to me until you've seen this yeah. film." I'm sure that. All the like all the cinemas are showing it for the fourth yeah, anniversary yeah, at the I end noticed. of the month, and I'm like, 
So I really want to go, but maybe just because I'm lazy. But it's like, man, if they just showed it on my doorstep, if they just showed it at my local cinema, oh yeah, I, I would, go. I, would cave. go. I would yep. go. I would have to find someone else to walk my kids around the streets collecting sweets. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, like, you're either coming to the pictures with dad, <laughs> and you'll probably never sleep again. But aye, um, and I mean, I guess like when you when you when you mention John Carpenter to people. Nine times out of ten, people will say the thing is their favourite John Carpenter film. Yeah. And all that. And that's it. It's when you go in to explain the films, like John Carpenter films, well, he's done this, he's done that, oh, he's done this, and he's done that. And like, how the fuck did this guy manage to make all these films? Like, yeah. whether, I've never looked into the credits if he's like, written every one of them, but the fact that he just had all these credits kind of to him, where it's like, fucking hell, this yeah, like, and it's a fact like you always you always forget that it's a remake, yeah, from for the fifties. Yeah, I like one of the old RKO films yeah. that was like I, I like that touch between the original Halloween, like they're watching it at night, and then it cuts to the brand new Halloween which came out this weekend, and they're, they're watching, watching the, the remake new, of yeah. the thing. It's like ah, oh, the remake's watching the remake. It was it was funny, um, but. I mean the thing, yeah. I think I'll watch that. What Andy originally for the podcast we spoke about it, yeah. More, um, at, at more lengths on the last episode, but again another just fucking classic. Yeah, and I mean I've got how many copies that do you own? I, I I'm good. I've only narrowed it into one. Yeah. I, I did have sort of several copies yeah. at one point. I had a double disc, which was the original well the carpenter remake and then in the last 20 years that mary elizabeth oh, yeah, winstead the, sequel prequel the prequel one i yeah um it was like something dirt cheap and like a two for 20 sale or something yeah and then when arrow announced they were going to do I it i know that was i that went was like, I for think the that big was, box yeah that was like my first because you bought my copy as well yeah and was, that was like your first premium like arrow edition yeah and i don't think arrow's ever seen so much fucking attention on their Aye, website like, a site crash member yeah like we were fucking phoning each other going oh wait oh no fucking savvy's down and then we're Aye, to try yeah, like, this place have it the steelbook's gone but these people have it <laughs> so, right and got there bought it and it wasn't really what i wanted i always wanted the steelbook and because i'm i reckon i'm one for space so when i get like a chunky <laughs> Fucking special edition <laughs> thing, it annoys me. Uh, and then I eventually saw someone selling the Steelbook sealed on eBay. And they were the old with iconic the, poster on the, it. Well, the, the Arrow one. I would just Where say... it's their interpretation of the the silhouette. And then they had like an artist do it. But yeah. it was a nice one. It was like one where I thought, actually, that looks fucking minted. I'll take that. Yeah. And uh, I just done the swap, like just put the other one up on eBay, and that more or less covered yeah. the cost of getting the steel book. And the thing is, like that arrow, and I might have kept the edition, postcards. Yeah, like that arrow limited edition, like was selling for hot money. You know, yeah, like uh, as soon as like a film gets like an upgrade to like to the next, kind of whether it's like four K or eight K or whatever, um, like everybody started selling like, that arrow edition. You know, but I, I use I've I've got my one same we met him. Oh, yeah. so I I will never part with it because as well Arrow have that 
uh, Arrow exclusive. That was the, the artwork. Aye. But it's similar to the poster, but it's yeah. there. Arrow have that um, Arrow exclusive documentary on mm. the disc that, yeah. you, that you can only get on the Arrow one, so that's why I've kept it as well, because... Aye. Can, yeah, that's... It's, it, like, that's it. like, it's like a 90-minute documentary that's not been seen yet. Aye. That's, I do love falling into, like, down the rabbit hole watching special features to things. I mean... Um, the fucking audio commentaries on his films, yeah, like, are brilliant. Like he just seems to I'm have sure such. I'm sure I watched. I'm sure I watched the when I got. I mean, for my birthday or my Christmas, it was like the 20th anniversary of Halloween. So it must have been 2003. They done the 25th anniversary DVD, mm-hmm. and it was remastered and all that. Yeah, and it had like two discs, and it was filled with fucking audio commentaries behind the scenes. Aye, and I mind listening to the audio commentary. I think it was him, Jamie Lee. Yeah. Um, obviously it was in Donald Pleasant because he was away at the time but it was a few other people as well mm-hmm. and it was kind of, it was interesting to watch like yeah same when you watch that uh, what's that programme it's on Netflix it's like the it's like the movies that made us yeah yeah and they, they've got the episode based on Halloween and it's all just the wee subtle camera tricks aye hearing like with the scene with the, with the light dimmer yeah, you know, where he appears behind them, kind of stuff like that. Like, ah, it's genius. Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, when you listen to the, the audio commentaries between John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, are some of the best ones because they're you can almost hear them opening the beers as they're sitting talking <laughs> over the film. Like, it's just like you've you've just caught them on a catch up, and it's just. 90 minutes of them sitting talking and Kurt going, oh, this is fucking great. I love this. And then John will explain like, the magic behind it and fucking Kurt Russell will be impressed. Like, I didn't know that. And they just fucking roar laugh. But it's yeah. definitely the thing and Big Trouble in Little China. They've definitely got commentary on each of those. And that yeah. was it when we got our chance to meet uh, John for the... Uh, the the twenty the two thousand eighteen yeah, anthology, anthology tour and like it's the same you get there and you think fuck we've known about coming to see and meet John Carpenter for like months now and I'm standing in front of him how have I fucking not got a word to say to this man yeah I know I was like, saying like that, literally that IMDb like these fucking films all like, I could literally say to him was like save my shit <laughs> you know <laughs> like and, it's all I could do like. And it was literally just after we, because I, I obviously I, I was lucky enough. I, I paid an extra ticket, and like Margaret was with us, so it was like I could get twice as much things. Signed. Yeah, I, and oh God, because I was there was two took, things. You took the Funko Pop. Eh? Yes, he, I bought a Michael Myers pop. I got him to sign a uh, uh, Jack Burton uh, Funko to get him to sign. And then you got the to sign the soundtrack to the to, 2018 one. Yeah, 2018 Halloween um, film. Uh, aye, the vinyl. So I got him, Cody, and Daniel, Daniel Davies. Yeah, all three of them to sign it because they were kind of just sitting ah, like, yeah, spare sitting parts at the, the table. And I thought, they're all sitting there. They've got Sharpies in front of them. I've got. So yeah, I've got all three of them to sign it. And Starman. Starman. I, I got Mark, like. Margaret, we bought a copy of Starman because we watched it prior to going and she was like, that's my favourite. And so I was like, right, here's a Blu-ray and it's like, you get on the side. Like, that's the yeah. film that you enjoy the most. You may as well get John to, yeah. to scribble on it. So, yeah. And it it's, it wasn't until 
I think we're either after the concert or going back to the car to put the stuff away. And it's like, oh, fucking shit. I told him how much I love those audio commentaries. You kind of want to say something that kind of makes them go, like, oh, this guy does. Like, yeah. And I've still never figured out, you know, how we, how we had the, the VIP lanyard thing. Yeah. It had all the wee, like, emblems. All oh, the symbols, yeah. There's yes. one of the symbols that I still cannot fucking figure out what it is and what it's from. Ah, oh, well, we... Honestly, we just need to take a picture of it and cross it off with the filmography and we'll just narrow it down to yeah, something. Because I bet it's fucking easy. But I, I know what you mean. There was definitely a point where it was a, looking at all the symbols on that uh, VIP lanyard because each symbol was something to do with like his yeah. filmography. There was definitely a couple that was like... Um, it, it, it's, well, it didn't make fucking sense. But, um, so... That was it. A big old talk about the thing. What was next? In nineteen eighty three. Oh yeah, Christine. Yeah, he done two in eighty three. He done Christine and Starman as well, or Starman eighty four. I don't know, like a year each. I eighty two was the thing. Christine was eighty three. Starman was eighty four. All oh, right. This is according to the IMDb I, app. It might. Yeah be changing it to like maybe UK releases so it might be maybe why Starman was later but Christine just the, the fucking story of oh, the Stephen King book of the was that a Chevy or something like that yeah 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 it was it was a Chevy because I was chicken as I watched it last night <laughs> aye and it's, it's just one of these ones where you, you hear the concept and it's like oh this is fucking sounds great yeah and um, well, so I watched this last night. I've seen it a couple of times, and I've only, I only like watched it for the first time like six years ago. So it's still relatively new. Yeah, but I've seen it maybe, maybe my third or fourth time watching it, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's I, f- I find it really underrated. Yeah, you know that it's as it like I've I have seen people put it in the list, but I don't see it a lot. Mm-hmm. But a hell, of people say that it's like underrated. Yeah, and, and there's just there's something about it that's just quite slightly like sinister and creepy about it. Totally, it's it's a fucking car that's alive. It's, it's yeah, and just some of the imagery in that film, like I fucking love that shot of it coming out of the like was it not like a petrol station blows up and it's yeah, and driving it's fire. and the whole hood's in flames. It just looks like something right out of hell. Yeah, um, I mean obviously as well like. The film pretty much just kickstarts right away because it shows you, it gives you, it's like in the 50s, like the manufacturing line, and the yeah. guy goes into, no, in fact, the first guy goes to check the engine, he lifts mm-hmm. the, the hood and puts his hand, and then the fucking hood comes in his hand. Aye. And then later on, uh, in, the, in the same scene, actually, a guy goes into check it, and he's like smoking a cigar or whatever, and it's, it's, it's all like, it's got all the fucking plastic sheeting on it. Yeah. And also he dips his fucking faggot and stuff. Then also this guy comes later on and he's dead in the car. Aye. And it's just like you, the fact that you don't actually know what, like what forces in this car, like why it's like that. Yes. You know, aye. and then the fact that it just completely changes its owner. Mm. Like you go, when you get introduced to Arnie, he's such a. Oh, he's like your stereotypical sort of. 80s like nerd or yeah like, like the glasses he gets bullied, bullied and all yeah. that and then he decides to spend all his college money buying a car mm-hmm. 
and it's, it's sitting in the back of a fucking scrapyard that belongs to the old guy with the shovel for Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And he buys the car and then obviously does it up and stuff and there's just all these, like, you just see these drastic changes, like, his attitude, aye. the way he st- stops when he He almost looks like a greaser, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Like, he then starts seeing, like, the lassie in the film that's, like, the love interest and all that and, like, mm. he gets this... It's almost like a telepathic like connection with the car because like yeah. whenever, whenever somebody says anything like derogatory towards the car, he will turn and snap on them. Aye, and it's just—I mean, the music's fucking brilliant as oh, well. Oh yeah, like when he released that twenty eighteen, the music video for it. Yeah, he done Aye. the music video for it, and it was updated. Aye, and I'm sure they used the same car for it as well. Yeah, I think he owns the car too. Yeah. And I mean, like, they, like, kind of, it's just fucking, like, it's obviously like quite a slow, slow build, but then it gets in it and it's got drums and all that, and it's yeah. just, it's so fucking, but, like, what I like about him as well with his music, he's got these wee, like, slight audio cues in these uh-huh. tracks, like, he does that wee, I can't remember what to call it, but they call a name for it, like, in Halloween, where it's like a chord gets struck. Aye. Uh-huh. And I, they've got that, and the formula goes, it goes, zoom, uh-huh. like that, like, a fucking... Like watching yeah. that with the volume up, fucking puts the shutters up when you forget about it. Like there's <laughs> one, one bit towards the end of the film where like they're trying to like trap the car, yeah, and it's his pal and the girlfriend are in the garage, and they've got a, a fucking forklift thing, mm-hmm. and they're also trying to get the attention to see a car come up, so it's not the car, and then when it gets seem the last, he gets the the. the what do you call it, the digger or whatever it is, and the camera widens and the car's fucking under, like, rubble. Yeah. And the lights turn on and it goes, zoo! Aye. Like that, when I first watched that, I was watching it and I fucking shit myself at it. <laughs> and, like, it generally was, like, probably one of the best, like, jump scares for, like, any of his films. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not even a film that's got any jump scares. It's just this really fucking dark, like, tale about fucking the guy that's, Oh, is it? It's like some sort of like demonic force in the car. Yeah. But, I aye. mean, did you ever read the book? Because I've not. <laughs> no, no. Um, I've read a few Stephen King books, but no, yeah. I've never. Because I, I think there's definitely, although I think it is a big book, yeah. it does differ some ways I've been told, but I feel like it's probably one of these ones I should read. Just, yeah. But man, daddy, can I'm fucking watching Christine after this, though. It's yeah, like, and I mean, like again, like the cast is... <clears throat> the cast's alright, so obviously you've got um, Harry Dean Stanton shows up an hour later as like the policeman that's investigating the murders of like, the bullies because the bullies trashed the car. Aye. And like that's, I think for me, that's the standout scene in the film is where they show, like it shows the car like fucking rebuilding itself for like the yeah. ground up. There's that one fucking brilliant scene where it's chasing... Uh, like the, 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 the chubby the, guy uh, yeah, and down an alleyway and he's like well this is narrow I'm safe yeah. and the car just fucking pushes itself through it's yeah. like it will not stop until it fucking gets yeah. Um what's his name that plays the oh he plays the auto shop the garage like boss that the boy who works for mm. Um Robert Prosky his name is right he, he's in fucking he's in like Thief with James Caan and all that <laughs> His character's like called Darnell. So like this scene with the bit where he chases the guy and he hit, goes into the petrol station and it blows up. Mm-hmm. 
once he's chased the guy that had been on fire and the car runs out of it, turns up at the Darnell's fucking garage and it's, it's just smoking. Right. Oh, and yeah, this, that was the guy that was in Mrs. Doubtfire doing the, sh- like, the TV execs. Ah, uh, yeah. He's in drinking yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in what? fucking loads of Aye. stuff. Aye. And loads of stuff. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because like, Haradine stands in as well. I'm trying to think who fucking else is in it. But, I mean, like that scene with the car just rebuilds. Aye. Uh, for me, it is definitely one of his, like, underrated ones that kind of deserves to be yeah, aye, higher like, than what if you're should. fucking like telling someone to rattle off five John Carpenter yeah. films it it probably won't fall yeah. into a top five it is underrated it's almost just kind of like a hidden gem in amongst a fucking stellar yeah like fucking career of work um and fucking Starman I mean Starman we've got here on my phone for 1984, it kind of goes to show, like, this is his take on, yes, okay, it's science fiction, but it's almost kind of like a, like a romance, yeah, uh, film as well, and it just fucking works. Yeah. You've just seen it today for the first time. Yeah, I watched it for the first time, I've never seen it. seen it maybe twice, like, I watched it once myself, and then sat down with my wife to watch it prior to us going to that concert. Yeah. And it's just one of these films where I, I'll just get a big fucking shit eating grin on my face because it just makes me so happy to watch like Jeff Bridges just be so like naive and funny. Yeah. There's just these moments where he doesn't understand the humour or yeah, there's, there's like a moment where I can't remember it. I've, I really need to revisit it. Because it's Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Yeah. Uh, so the premise is obviously so she's a widow. Yeah. And this like ship like land like crashes into these fucking woods and then this alien appears and it takes the shape of her dead husband. Yeah. Aye. It also just attached to the kind of the first. But it's weird because like, when I watched it today, like when it, when she first goes into the room, it's a baby. Oh, it's such a strange I transformation know, yeah. sequence mixture of kind of. Dated really, graphics. Yeah, dated graphics, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And just some fucking like Mac and me horror shit for a second. <laughs> Thankfully, then it turns in, into the dude, and we're fine. But, yeah. Aye, and it's just, it's kind of that thing where it's like, right, we need to protect this alien and get him back. But it's fucking really difficult for her because it's her dead husband who's just as if he's appeared back from the dead, yeah. just trying to understand. But it's the fact that. It's it's also kind of traumatizing, like Joe being grieving and going over this, but the fact yeah. that he's now back in front, dressed as he was, like oh, just doing all the things, like yeah, it's really hard for her to fucking grasp. Yeah, this, this, this like obviously she she gets a bit panicky first. She's trying to get people's attention that she's being kidnapped. Obviously, like mm-hmm. you see about all the human. Obviously, like when you first talks her, he talks her in like a foreign language to try and break that language barrier between Aye. her, then he then speaks in like Russian, French, and then eventually speaks in English mm-hmm. and it's just it's just the mannerisms like, can, he looks like you almost look- like, like robotic yes. a Aye. like yeah. I did I laughed, at, there's a scene where they're at a, a gas station and she explains to him that I need to go into the women's and uh, there's a men's one there and all that and then he talks to a trucker and the trucker goes into the toilets 
and he walks in behind him and the guy that's standing to take a piss and he's like standing at the doorway smiling he's like every fucking goddamn town I'm in there's always one of these <laughs> and then he then looks at him and he's like up yours man and then he was like he does this he's like does the thumbs up and then does the mannerism to give him the finger yeah and then he he reenacts that to a guy that's got like a dead deer on his car ah, yes and I, and he's like at the window and he's like up yours <laughs> and, I, and it's it's quite like so it's when like I that, watched that the day like fish I, out of water sort yeah, of humour like when I watched the day I kind of roughly compared it to saying that this is like probably John Carpenter's answer to E.T. Yeah, ah, you could probably say yeah, that. Because obviously they're trying to protect uh, the alien. I mean, yeah. you've got the, the, the guy that works for, it's not the FBI, but he's some sort of like fucking extraterrestrial expert. Yeah, that helps them out. Yeah, it helps them out rather than trying to like destroy them and stuff. Aye. And like, in, like you do get all, like it is quite a romantic film and all that. Yeah, aye, and that's like, it. Like, and- she realises that he doesn't want to hurt anybody when he... Like it brings the deer back to life. Exactly. It's she like, then realizes that can he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's like he kind of has those powers, but it's limited. Eh? There's yeah, like these there's silver, like, the, uh, like marble things. Yeah, yeah. which kind of costs some. Like yeah, and I think the the selling point for her is like when they do sleep together on the train. Mm-hmm. She also comes at saying that she can't hear a burn, but mm-hmm. he somehow managed to give her a burn. I just like magical healing penis. Yeah, I know. That's, that's no, I'm not even going to like there's a in my head is like where did the marbles go? And then I thought of that controversy with the fishing competition where they're cutting open the fish and they're pulling out the lead balls. It, uh it was a thing like a week ago, but uh, yes. As uh, like you can sometimes have to wonder if like she took advantage of an alien. Yeah, that didn't happen in ET. Yeah. Drew Barrymore's mum didn't bang the, the creepy ball sack looking alien. <laughs> like, I don't want to go uh, home. Like, nope. Like, I'm infertile. <laughs> Work your magic, boy. Give me that glowing finger. Yeah. But I mean, what I quite like about it as well is like, you get some of these really nice, like, shots in the film, like, yeah. when the spaceship lands, like, oh, it's like a crater. Ah, ah, yeah. And then, like, the bit where they try to get to the crater at the end, and that's like the red light. Yeah. Going there and it's snowing. Mm-hmm. Like some really nice. Ah, cinematography was, it was great. And it's just kind of, it just shows like Carpenter, Carpenter isn't a one trick pony. He isn't yeah. just like, right, yes, he is referred to as the master, like the horror master, the master of horror. But he could fucking surprise you yeah. doing something different. And there's just that one gag I fucking love where I think it is the. The, the the science like the alien expert that helps them out and the, something big's happened they've gotten away with it Karen Allen comes out sm- gives them a big kiss on the cheek walks away and Bridges comes out and does I the exact can, yeah, same I, yeah. gives them the exact same gesture yeah. and the guy's just kind of stunned and <laughs> it's like moments like that I was fucking laughing out yeah, loud yeah I had a good laugh at that the day actually so but I, I was I was actually quite surprised by it mm-hmm. Um Interesting. I can't. I've not really done much any trivia or that. But you talk about John Carpenter cameos. Mm-hmm. He plays one of the chopper pilots in the film. Ah, uh, I didn't actually notice him until I was reading up stuff a day for the podcast. And I believe this is the only John Carpenter film to get an Oscar nomination 
and it was right. for Jeff Bridges for Best Actor. Ah, fuck, that's brilliant. Kind of, kind of, I was, I was looking at it today and I was like, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a performance I, I wouldn't say it's at the Os- calibre of what, yeah, Oscar, what normally uh, is, like but kind of like, like what, what did you hear in 1984 that mm. would consider it? I'd, I'm trying to think what would... Yeah. I never actually looked at like, who, see who, who beat him. up against, yeah. I, but... But it's pretty cool to know that like his films had gotten yeah because that's what I'm saying like he's never really I would have thought like maybe was it fucking I'm forgetting like he done score for the thing Ennio Morricone I would yeah. have been surprised if he never got a nomination but I think it's, it's one of those fucking yeah scores isn't it where it's a bit um, dark and dreading but yeah fucking Absolute adore. Yeah, I was quite. Star I Man. was quite surprised at how much I quite enjoyed it, and it's one that I'd probably watch again at some point. Yeah, aye, that's it. And when I'd seen it, it's like I need to own this. It is a fucking classic, and it's just great that you we have a film where it's like John Carpenter with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, like that. That could have been like a fucking Kurt Russell joint if he wanted it to be. Yeah, but like Jeff Bridges just fucking pulled it off. Great, just he kind of has like that. Great blank expression. Yeah, that works I like so the well. bit where he, um, she gets out the car, she distracts the the truck driver, mm-hmm. by saying she's getting kidnapped, and the guy goes to he comes out and he's like he's like oh all you can say him with the greetings, right. and he goes to hit him with the the caught like a lug wrench, yeah, and he uses like the marbles to like oh like, turn it like fucking red hot, and then it like uh-huh. spontaneously combusts, and then like the trees behind the lorry like explode as well, mm-hmm. and I was just some really fucking nice choices in the film like yeah it's again one of those ones where it's like fuck I hope and everyone's the, when the they have music a chance for to see it, it the music for it's quite like it's kind of got like that like it's not, it's not like a like a, a haunting theme to it no. it's quite a merrier like, cheerier yeah it's almost kind of like an inspirational like there's kind of like a hope type of thing like, yeah with the one that you put on the album anyway because you could almost hear like the lights of the UFO shining down yeah. on them for like the notes he plays. Because it's quite like big crescendos that he builds up to yeah. in that song. But and following that, fucking two years later, unless you have any notes, no, 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 nah. fucking big trouble in Little China. Yeah, like, this is like, this is like early childhood. Yeah, like, like film for me, like daughter of a film. Like getting traumatized, what like channel hopping on a Sunday night and seeing that eyeball oh, that they, floats around yeah. for Lopan, and it's like what? Nope, that and the big fucking ginger beast thing that hides in his truck at the ends. Ah, uh, yeah, like just yeah. The gruesome fucking practical effects, the designs for that monster. And um, I mean, again, like this isn't like a like a horror film. Like that this is kind of a mere like family. Yeah, like, like fantasy, yeah. kung fu. Um, it's got a wee bit of everything in it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, maybe for our age, it might have been like a, a sci-fi horror. But it's definitely, as you've gotten older, you appreciate it more. I mean, I fucking love Dennis Dunn in that film. Yeah. Like, just, you look at the film at a glance, at the poster, you're like, right, Kurt Russell's the hero, big muscly white guy, machine gun, saves the girl, it's all good. And the guy's a fucking oaf. Like, yeah, just aye. the clumsiest <laughs> bugger we've ever seen. Like, the amount of things where he tries to kind of handle a gun to save himself. 
fucking yeah. knocks himself out. Like those things where he's on the, the rickety wheelchair oh, and, and he goes all the goes, way goes down and uh, like on the well and all that. Yeah, he's always got the shittest luck. But man, it is such a fucking film. Like it's ones where it's like right. I'll force my children to watch these films at some point. Like yeah. when they're at the right age, like you yeah. are going to have to fucking watch this movie. And it's even just like that the horrible theme song at the end where it's like big trouble oh, yeah. in Little China. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's in my head for days. <laughs> and it's just ah. Oh. And what was it? It was like, we gotta run. No, I'm turning this into karaoke. It's because I'm holding a microphone. I want to sing. But uh, Kim Cattrall wins. Like, of course, like fucking Victor Wong. And Egg Shen. Yeah. Like, that's it. When I watched <clears throat> Prince of Darkness the other night, he's like, there's Egg. Yeah. What's he doing now? And, and fucking Dennis as well. It was, as well like, uh... it was almost kind of like a wee best, not best of, but just like, re- like reoccurring characters. Yeah. Not characters, but reoccurring actors. From past films are showing up in in that one, and it just like it just makes the film better. Yeah, God, even like Eddie Lee was great. Just like the whole cast, because there was there was like an ensemble cast for Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, like because you had them all trying to save like the girls with green eyes and. Yeah, I like the whole like. Like Chinese, like 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 ancient mythology about yes, the film and all aye, that, because you've got like Raiden and aye the this what do they call them? It's something like the three storms or something. Yeah. It's like wind, rain, and thunder. Um, thunder. Yeah, and it's just when they come down and they've each got their own little weapon and they're all screaming and and like they're spinning the weapons in their hands and Jack's in his truck going, "What the fuck have I stumbled into?" Yeah, it's like I'm just here to collect money. <laughs> like it's I know, all it's fact over like, a game of cards. Yeah, like they did collect the money, and then they just stumble on like a kidnap him. Yeah, and then get roped in it because it's a the guy's it's wife. A, well, it's his future wife. Yeah, it's fucking thing with the wife who gets kidnapped. Eh? Right. Wang Chi, yeah. and just the 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 vigor behind. Kurt Russell was like, listen to me, wang. Like, that's just the way he says it. Yeah. Like, just, he fucking, oh, it's And I mean, you've brilliant. got fucking, like, James Hong as low pine as well. Yes. Like, like, you also, you get, like, because he's got, like... His elderly human form, and yeah. then, like, his sort of celestial form where he's in all the, the fancy garb. Yeah. And again, like, that whole, like, the world building of that is, like, really, like, good as well. Like, yeah. Like, to the bit where, like, they had the final showdown at the end of that, and you've got, like, Ed Shen fighting Lopan and all that, and it's like... Yeah, they're doing their... All the big statues behind it. It's kind of, like, like kind of reminds me of you a bit of, like, um, like, the Goonies and all that. Yeah, bit. aye, totally. And, again, it's an hour and forty. Like, they managed to cram yeah. a lot of movie into that space, and it's just fucking... Oh man, I feel like I need to put a pound in the jar for it's like classic, amazing. Because yeah. it is, it's hard not to, to, yeah. like we're drinking the Carmster Kool Aid, but like we <laughs> can't help it. It's just oh, such, no. so fucking good. And it's the ones where it's like, man, if if there was no John Carpenter and these films weren't here, like God, you'd feel like cinema would just be dull, like not as bright and colourful yeah. as as it is with this dude's work, and. I mean, following up with Prince of Darkness. Yeah. The, the, the next year, still close to the same cast. The characters, as we said, with Egg Shen. Uh, and Hat City brought back Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Um, 
and it's it, this is like a different beast entirely. Ah, uh, yeah, this is this was uh, the second part of his apocalypse trilogy. Yeah, aye, and whilst it's, it doesn't need to be fucking like it's not the fucking dog for the end of the thing running into this fucking yeah. this church or anything but um, it's fact that it's a boot like kind like, like the ancient evil that it's a boot like like kind the devil and all yeah, that yeah like possessions and yeah it's not not his take on like invasion of the body snatchers but it's just the fact that there's this fucking this evil in, a, in like a church basement yeah it, it was a church basement ah, wasn't yeah. it and had been getting protected by like this priest for years, and eventually he'd fallen ill and died, and it it fell into like this uh, Donald Pleasant, yeah. and like they, they were almost wanting like a scientific approach, and that's when he roped in Victor Wong's character, yeah, and all the like students and stuff, yeah, and it's like right, you are no getting a weekend, you are coming here to do like this week's yeah this class trip, and it's just like it's it's. Uh, one to remember. Yeah, I watched it last week. Um and I saw that's only the second time I've seen it. I watched it uh, I think I watched it in twenty eighteen, like maybe the start of twenty eighteen. And I liked it. But I still wasn't too sure in it and then I rewatched it last week and I was just like this is fucking like mm. I said to you like this is probably gonna end up climbing its way up my like crapping at ranking because I like I enjoyed it that much. It was just Apart for Halloween, like this was like the only kind of other like fucking camera film that like genuinely fucking like unsettled me. Yeah, and I, I didn't like every time, like the sort of the the, the possession pass on for one to other. Just that that image of like the side profile shot of someone spraying liquid from their mouth into someone else's. Fucking gross. Yeah. So fucking it's a, gross. It's, that, it's a scene where, as well, where like, they go outside and the guy's got like, all the cockroaches and yeah, all Yeah, and he's talking and... to him in that that bubbly, gargly voice. Yeah. And it, it just, oh, and the insects and it crumbles. Yeah. And it's just that shot, like the torso folding in and then the legs are gone and it's like... Yeah. And then as well, like, even like the fucking the makeup effect, the... the Lassie, that's got the bruise. That is so. I know. Uh, like her, her final form. Yeah. It's uh, just oh fucking itchy, scratchy. <laughs> just looking yeah, at her, it's like uh, oh Christ, she needs like mummified. I, uh, I forgot to get. I forgot to take a screenshot yesterday, but somebody made a Lego image of the scene where she's reaching into the mirror. All right. And it's like you've got her reaching into the mirror. Yeah, and then you've got like a wee Lego priest that's Donald Donald Pleasant's behind her and With all that. Axe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they the lower arm off. And it's oh, like, ah, oh, fucking, I need to look for it. But I like just like I think as well the fact like the imagery as well like the total big massive green tank. Yeah, that's the actual force. And it's even just the, the camera work that they're doing where it's like it's images are either inverted and or played backwards where it's like just the liquid flying up instead of down so it's yeah. unnatural and then the ceiling's a pool of green liquids yeah. and when the first woman was like Susan goes down and it just sprays it's like she's maced yeah. the way she acts uh, and then she goes and takes it out on the the, the angry Asian lady one that fucking Dennis <laughs> even like you know you could really pass for Asian yeah, <laughs> like, for yeah. The, the way you're acting and dude I swore my phone's died so I can't even tell you who he is now but there's one Dude, who I fucking swore was like, oh, meatloaf's in this movie. Oh, yeah. I know who you're on about. Aye, he's and I was like, the one that... 
Oh, I, I honestly thought it was like, Christ, Alice Cooper about. and Meatloaf in a John Carpenter movie. I know who you're on about. Yeah, he's, he's one of the guys that's working there. He's, he's a, a he's doctor. He's in shit as well. I, fucking, I do recognise him. He's I in do. They Live. I was just looking at a second there before Is he in my They phone. Live? That seemed to be one of his top four credits. But, um, let's and, see. And I mean, the thing is, like, Donald Pleasance gives a really good performance yeah, as the priest. Like, the priest great. is genuinely fucking terrified of what is in this like glass fucking vat thing. Yeah. And it's just leaking out, possessing everyone, and it's just that like the the main character that kinda takes in the liquid, the well, she has the bruise that's kind of shaped like the cross. Yeah, and it's the different stages of her, right? The bruise, the bruise is getting worse. And then, like, her stomach swells up and it's, like, the the evil. But instead of kind of expelling it, she absorbs it and her skin goes and it's yeah. just... Yeah, so the guy you're on about is uh, Peter Jason. Right. So, you're right, he was in The Olivia Plays Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I've not seen The Olivia in a couple of years, so I need to rewatch it. Yeah. He was the fucking bartender in 40 Hours that Eddie Murphy ah, goes out to right, talk right, to. right, right. And he was the fucking duty sergeant in Escape for LA. Ah. So, again, another fucking regular. Yeah. But, no, Prince of Darkness is one of those ones where... And I think, like, I think the fucking score in this film yeah. is brilliant. Like, yeah. It's the fact that it's got a wee bit of everything. It's got a bit of fucking drums, a bit of guitar. Like, Aye. that is definitely in my top three carpenter scores like, there's Aye. something about that score it's just it's so fucking just good just those opening notes where it's like uh, da, 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 da. yeah I... and it's just like this is like and then yeah. it's like the dun, dun, following it it's just such a like an unsettling one where yeah. it is it's it's demonic and it's just kind of having that that wee choir voice uh, going at the back of it where it's just like it's unsettling but it just worked so fucking well and yeah the remaster for like the anthology uh, is more powerful it's yeah, just yeah i was listening to adam on the day on spotify and it was just it was just him i clipped on it, it was just stuff that was playing and there was like nine minute actual tracks for the soundtrack yeah that sounded almost as good as the actual like remaster one and i was like i was like yeah that's fucking getting added to a playlist uh, like stuff some of it was fucking Good, like yeah. really good. Uh, so, yeah, Mike's doing live streams on YouTube. Uh, what's the the channel? Uh, if people want to look it up, channel is uh, the Four K Chef. It's a guy, Paul. Yep. Uh, so he does like he's only just started doing it in the last couple of months, and I. That's really does, taken off. Yeah, I he's, does like unboxings. He's, yeah show like his collection off stuff like that so he's done a couple of live streams with a couple of the guys and all that we always kind of chat about and all that uh so we're doing one next week we're trying to try and keep it's it like, like a like, monday night isn't it yeah aye. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to do it a night where all us are free yeah that, that's uh, always the hard part i mean if monday and tuesday and it's always the better night for me because that's the days that i'm off but so Monday, twenty fourth of October. Twenty fourth, So we're doing, we're calling. So we're doing something called like Dead Island Discs. Ah, uh, right, like right. Talk about like 
If you were uh, stranded on an island yeah, and like you had what, five films. Yeah, and one that we would cool. chuck overboard. Uh, we'll do... Yeah, clearly overboard with Kurt Russell and Gordy Hawn. <laughs> <laughs> Captain <laughs> the, the remake they did yeah, with... Mike, uh, was it Michael Penn? No. Uh, John Leguizamo? No? Uh, it was somebody else. Shit. Somebody okay, else. before I get any more... Offend any more yeah. minorities. Um, ah, yeah, so... We've got two, two guests this time. The guy's got a page on... Social media and I call it the 4K Collective and he's done stuff for you. He's a big fan of like laser discs. Okay, cool. And then guy Keith for Euphoria Pictures, he's but you go and look at his stuff on YouTube and right. he's got like a massive like fucking pod. Yeah. Yeah, like like just all these like massive collector items. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, his theme his opening music's the uh, Assault and Precinct thirteen. Ah, nice. And uh, but had like the guy fucking knows his stuff and like some of the collector like he's got a collector edition there from Dust of Dawn that I, I want aye and uh, it's got like a big like fucking Titty bust. Twister and everything yeah it's got a big model with the Titty Twister bar and all aye. and I'm like I want it I want just the neon light thing just to hang on the wall <laughs> yeah yeah so we're doing that next Monday cool so that'll be a good laugh bro um, I'll, we'll probably share that stuff on yeah, yeah. Twitter anyway so keep an eye out join in the chat shout out Mike and all that um, oh, you just could see too much of me on the Lagalogs YouTube channel um, I've got like beer reviews come out this week we'll be filming some stuff when Tom settles into his new job um, yeah and also I, I do I, I do a live stream myself on Sunday nights uh, uh, it's on Facebook it's not uh, really yeah, on YouTube uh, it's a uh, beer and wrestling now, so this is another right. fucking thing that's crossover. So this is now a third fucking thing I do. Um, yes, the Brew Age Outlaws. Oh no! That's, so, to be fair, actually, that's pretty good. I like that. So yeah, like it, was, that. it was either that or uh, Brew World Order, and I was like, no, nah, Brew Age Outlaws. Stick to Brew Age Outlaws. Is it the Road Dog and it's gone? That's fuck. That's clever. I'm going. To, yeah. I'm going to use that. I'll use that. Um, it's, it's all, as I said, it's all streaming. So like, all the scissors been done remotely. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, people listen to this that has nothing, know nothing about wrestling will be really worried <laughs> the fact that I'm scissoring on a Sunday night live on Facebook. <laughs> My mother-in-law watched it. <laughs> but yeah, I it's just like uh, like an hour or 90 minutes of me and Jeff drinking beers and talking about this week in wrestling, like what we liked and talking yeah. about beers. So it's just an easy watch. So yeah, if that's your thing, look up the Brew Age Outlaws on Facebook or have a look on Twitter. I think I shared links to the first episode. So yeah, that's live on Sundays. Mike's live on Mondays, occasionally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you in the know. But in the meantime, and the between time, um, that is it. Stuart Island, Magic Mike Christie. You've heard us suck off John Carpenter for the last two hours. Enjoy Halloween. Uh, adios. Fuck off. Tune in yeah. next week. Bye bye.